In this chapter, we just read Philippians chapter number two. I'm going to be reading today out of the NLT sometimes. But he says, if there be. So Paul, the apostle Paul give you the if. I'm going to talk about the purpose of fellowship. The purpose of fellowship. This is one of the weaknesses of this body. And when I say this body, I know what I got to build up. As a matter of fact, you notice I taught not long ago, uh, tape 85 and 86, building up the body of Christ. So that we have that in the storehouse. You also have it on your, on your podcast, uh, on your YouTube, I can say that, uh, on your podcast. But also, we talk about building up the body of Christ. And that is what we are after in this ministry. Building up, said building up, the body of Christ. All right, so we are not trying to build this church. Remember, Jesus already told us in Matthew 16, 18, up on this rock, I will build my church. So we already know who that belongs to him. Our job is to build up the body of Christ, and we the body of Christ. All right, so we're going to show you that in the word of God. So you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility, not to yourself, but to others. All right, that's why you got to be taught the word so you'll know how to obey the word, okay? That's what it's all about. All right, then I talk about uh, receive forgiveness of sins. That's why you have to receive forgiveness of sin because if you do not receive forgiveness of sins, you do not give others forgiveness, see, because you never received it or not. See, if you have, if you have not received something, you can't give it to anybody because you don't have it. Remember, we're not talking about uh, just puppy love. We're not talking about puppy love. That's what most people operate in puppy love. They love you if you okay. They love you if they want to. They love you, that's, that's puppy love. See, when you have God's love, you love people in spite of. It has nothing to do with how they did, what they, because the love of God does not love you based on performance. There are people who love you if you do right, if you did me right, if you said this right. That's their own personal love. They cannot love unless you got God's love. I want to make sure you understand that. So when people can't love you, it's because they don't have the love of God in their hearts. The love of God in your heart demands. It does not ask you. See, so when God tells you something, you got, we, we're going to get into those one day when the Bible says rejoice. It doesn't ask you, do you want to rejoice this morning? When you got the love of God in your heart, the love of God in your heart is God's power. And you cannot stop that. If God's power is in you, God's power is going to come forth. You see? So you got to understand, that's love. Love is the power of God. God himself is love. So that, you got to understand, that must be in your heart. So when, when, when somebody do wrong, you can't not love them. You have to love them. Why? Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the love you got. God's love does not love you when, when, you, when you want to. God loves you at all times, and it is unconditionally. That's God's love. All right, so you got to always understand, make sure you have his love because you will know whether you have his love because if you don't have his love, you can't forgive. Let me say it again. If you don't have God's love, you can't forgive. When somebody do wrong against you, you can't forgive them. And you will know because the spirit of God is witnessing right now in your heart you, you got some of your heart against somebody else. See, if you got the love of God in your heart, you will overcome that. You got the power to overcome that. See, that's God's love. When somebody hurt Jesus Christ, all they did to him, guess what? He still loved them. He went to the cross anyway. He loved them anyway. And that's the kind of love you got to have in your heart. Now, uh, so we're going to talk about today the purpose of fellowship. All right, the purpose of fellowship. So when you begin to understand what fellowship, what fellowship is, see all this stuff that people are arguing about in the church, they're going to realize if they just break it down to one word, fellowship, then you understand God. So please hear what the Spirit has to say to you today. All right. Now, so we want to go, uh, we just read the Ephesians. 
I mean, sorry, Philippians chapter 2. So the apostle Paul gave us, gave us here, he said in, 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 in verse 1, he said, but if there be, see, if there be any consolation, that word consolation has a different word, and I'm going to read out the NLT, encur- encouragement. So if, so if you're going to encourage somebody, so you can't encourage nobody without God's love. So we're going to just put it right down where it is. The, the problem is you got to make sure you have the love of God. You can't do this if you don't have God's love. And I know people think they can, but you are not operating in the love of God. So we're going to go back and read this out of the NLT, Philippians chapter 2, uh, in verse 1. I, I'm not, uh, I know we got people in the real, but we're going, to, we're going to go on and read it. I'm hoping that you're okay with that. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 says, if there if, I'm sorry, is there any encouragement? See, why do you don't never encourage nobody? I, I really need you to just listen today. I don't want you to give off, tell off on yourself and somebody look at you and say, you the last time I ought to be saying something. See, I, I don't, that's why I don't need that. I need you to just listen. All right, don't put yourself out there. All right. Is there any encouragement, see, from being from belonging to Christ? See, uh, is there any, he's asking the question, any comfort from his love. See, are you comforting people with the love you have? Are you encouraging others, see? Are you fellowshipping in the spirit? Now, he's not talking about going to parties. He's talking about fellowship. And I'm going to show you in the, in the Bible what this fellowship was all about. I'm going to say it ahead of time. The book of Leviticus, chapter 23, 24, 25, has to do with seven feast days called the Feast of the Lord. Those seven feasts were given to Israel for one purpose, fellowship. So you got to understand something. This, this is not no religion. He gave them seven feast days so they would fellowship. And so you want to write down three different things that should happen in your Christian walk. Number one is relationship with Christ. Number one is relationship. Number two is prayer. These things ought to be the top three things in your everyday walk with God. Number one is relationship. Number two is prayer. So you hear a lot of folk will tell you that, but is it accurate? It's not a game. And number three is fellowship. See, you can't do number three if you don't have number one and number two. Show me people that do not have relationship with God and with us. See, I'm talking about with God and with us. That's relationship. If you do, then you'll have prayer in your life. And third, you'll have fellowship with us, the body of Christ. See, you got people who tell you that, but they don't fellowship with you. They fellowship with people, but not with us. See, us is the body of Christ. All right. Now, in Philippians chapter 2 at the NLT, it said, is there any encouragement from being in Christ? Is there any comfort, comfort from his love? Is there any fellowship together in the spirit? Are, you, are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy Paul says, by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Love one another. Working together with one mind and one purpose. See, working together. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Now, that's when you start walking in love. See, when it's all about you and you and you, that's the devil. That's flesh. Christianity is not about you. Christianity is about you thinking of others. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Don't, I mean, say, be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Now you start loving don't look out only for your own interest. See, that's how you walk in the flesh. 
but take an interest in others. Two, you must have the same attitude that Christ had. See, that's, that's our goal. We got we to gotta walk this thing out like the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, we are the body of Christ. All right. Now, with that in mind, let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. So this word, this big word, fellowship, I'm going to be giving you definitions all day long. So, but we're going to start off with that word fellowship because God called us into a relationship with Christ. A relationship. You are in a relationship with the body of Christ. So you ought to fellowship with the body of Christ. That's why after every service, we go to the other side and dismiss. Now, I'm not saying you don't have some emergency stuff sometimes, but sometime you ought to go on the other side with us and fellowship. So we're going to close out our service on the other side, and then after that, we're going to fellowship. Uh, that means you can have coffee or donuts or tea or whatever. We, we got things prepared. That's going to be after every 9 and 11 o'clock service, and it's not going to cost you a dime. Fellowship costs you nothing. So we don't worry about that. But this is how the church grows. See, everybody sit around and say, why the church don't grow? But you watch after every 9 o'clock service, you know what people do? Not you, not talking about you. Because this was before we started fellowshipping. You would get your Bible, shake hands with two or three, and you walk out that door. And then you turn around and talk about the church ain't growing. The church grows through fellowship. Tell somebody. We're going to stop right there for a minute. Now tell the other, tell the other part of the body, won't you help us? Right. Right. It's, a, it's a body event. See, your right hand can sit over there all they want, and the left hand will say, if you reach out, I'll reach out to you. See, you're a body. You're a body, and you've got to understand you're responsible for the body of Christ because you are the body of Christ. Your hand is responsible that your feet get clean. And you can sit there and look at your feet and say, you are dirty, you're nasty, you don't do this, but your hand should reach down there and help it. Not let your mouth, the other part of the member, talk about it. Look at somebody and say, do something about it. All right, that's, that's the thing. All right, now we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4. It won't be like that always. This is just getting me going here. Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse number 1, because this word, fellowship, we're going to see, a, a, we are building unity in the body. That's what fellowship does. It builds up the body, but it builds unity in the body. It builds love in the body. It builds joy in the body. All the things that we need in the body, this is how it happens. Fellowship. All right. Now, we're going to show you Ephesians chapter 4. I'm reading out the King James Version right now. And if you're in another version, I will switch. All right. Therefore, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. Now, this man's in prison. This man is locked up. So this spirit came up on him that the church needs to fellowship. If you're in prison, talking about fellowship. My God. I therefore, the prisoner of our Lord, beseech you, beg you, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Watch this. What do you think God called you to? I'm going to show it to you in the word. You can write it down. He called us into the fellowship of his own son. That's your calling. You're called to fellowship with his son. Well, guess what? We're the body of Christ. You're called to fellowship with us. The key is, are you doing it? I'm just going to show you in the word of God. So you got people that sit at home and they'll say, oh, yeah, the Oh, yeah, they got all kind of things that the church ought to be doing. That's just like your hand. Your hand, put, keep your hand in your pocket and tell your feet that you need to be washed and see what your feet going to tell you, if it could talk. That's something. Put your hands in your pocket and turn around and say, yeah, the feet need to be washed. Well, who do you think ought to be washing the feet? 
See, you just got to sit and go like, well, who's supposed to wash my feet? Your hands. Your hands. It's not hard. Because your hand is another member of the body. So you got, when you hear this thing, you'll see what's been going on. See, the mouth already made up its mind that they ain't going to church Sunday. The mouth did that. See, that's why that, I'm going to show you, that's the one we didn't talk about last week. That's number seven. That's why it stays locked up. Hold your finger right there. Some of y'all don't know who he is. Go to, go to James 3 and 3. We come right back then. Go to James 3 and 3. See, some of y'all don't know why he's locked up. Because, see, he turns around and says, oh, I ain't going to trace Sunday. He's the only one in the, all the members of your body open his big mouth and say, I am not going to trace Sunday. Who told you that? The hand want to go. Feet want to go. There's one member of your body. James chapter 3, verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us. We turn about their whole body. The tongue turns about the whole body. Behold also the ships, though they be so great, are given with fierce winds, yet they turn about with a very small hem. Whithersoever the governor listens, even so the tongue He's telling you how they operate the boat. How the body moves around. It's the tongue. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts of a great thing. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindled. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. And so the tongue among our members. And the tongue set on fire the course of nature. Your whole body goes one way because of the tongue. You know why you don't come to church on 9 o'clock service? Your mouth. You know why you don't only come one service on Sunday? You said that. You watched you say, I ain't going to church on first Sunday. I'm not going to church on second Sunday. I ain't going to church on fifth Sunday. I've been in church. It's the mouth. That's why God locked it up. And you don't need it out until you become spiritual. You have the Holy Spirit who can control that thing. Verse 5 says, Even so the tongue of the little member boasts a great thing. Behold how great a matter the little fire kindled. The tongue of the fire, a world, a world, a world of iniquity. And so the tongue is among our members. Watch what it does. It defileth the whole body. It doesn't edify, it defiles. And it set on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. That's what the tongue does. Every kind of beast and birds and serpents of things in the sea is tamed. And has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. And that's the thing that tell you, you ain't going to church Sunday. So you really are not following God, are you? You're following your tongue, your mouth. Verse 9 said, there we'll bless we God, even the Father. And then we turn around and curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth, watch this, proceeds blessings and cursing. Come out the same mouth. Out of your same mouth come blessings and curses. My brothers, these things ought not to be. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter water? Can the fig tree, my brothers, bear olive berries, either the vine, the fig? So no fountain can both yield fresh water and salt water. No, no fountain do that. Only your mouth has that power to bless and the curse. To speak evil of and turn around and talk good about. Only your mouth has that power. And verse number 13, I'm not going any further. 
Verse 12 is the last one. That's all I needed. Now, you get home, you can read that. And I pray to God that you begin to understand why you got to have the Holy Spirit. See, you have, you, you can tell when people don't have the Holy Spirit, they can't control their tongue. And then they turn around and say, I didn't mean that. I know you didn't. It came from that. That's why the Bible said, be slow to speak. Slow to slow. Say slow. Shut your mouth. But the best way to do is have the Holy Spirit. Once you got the Holy Spirit, it'll calm your mouth. It'll calm that tongue. Can't no man do it. Now let's give the Lord a great big hand and thank God for our number seven member. That's number seven. I gave you last week. You got the nose, the mouth, but I said the mouth. I didn't say the tongue. So we got that, that boy's in there. He's locked up. All right, let's move, let's move on. But we didn't talk about it. He had to be talked about by himself. Bad, bad, bad boy. Got you. It'll get you, it'll ruin your life. You want to see people's life ruined? Ruin marriages, churches. That do that. As a matter of fact, it's set on a court on it, 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 it charters the course of life for you. That's how bad the tongue is. That's why so many people are in church today. That's why so many people don't walk in love. They speak evil. That's why if you go back and look at speaking, you'll see all these things. God said, do not speak evil of one another. See, you got to understand something. He got, you, you, he's showing you what the tongue can do. The tongue can turn around and bless somebody or they can curse. So you got to understand, it's not your responsibility to speak evil of no man. But the love. See? All right. Now let's move on. Are we okay in this house? Uh, hallelujah. Somebody get the Lord another big hand. Praise. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, he used the word endeavor. And we're going to show you what that means. Uh, in verse number three, we get down in Ephesians chapter four, and we're going to start reading. We, we just started with verse number one. Uh, let's go back to verse one again. Ephesians chapter one. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of our Lord Jesus Christ, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, that he told you you are called to the fellowship of his son. We'll show you that. With all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering, forbearing one another in love. This is how we're supposed to treat one another. Endeavoring, somebody said endeavoring. You want to write that word down because that's a big word. He told you to endeavoring, endeavoring to do that. So if I'm, if I'm going to endeavor to do something, then I got to put forth the greatest effort. You got to do what? You got to put forth your greatest effort. So when you're going to endeavor to do something, you got to make an effort to do it. You can't just say what should happen. See, if you get, you, your body just don't get up and walk out of church on Sunday. You can stop that if you wanted to. But you got to make an effort. And next, next it says you got to do your best. See, if you go to endeavor to do something, you got to do your best. Let me put it simple. You got to try harder. So when you really want to fellowship with the rest of the body, guess all you need to do is what? Just try harder. It's not happening. When you really want to do something, you can get it done. Amen. You can get it done. But it's a lot different. This is, when, this is the change. This is the change. When people have been in church a long time, that's the problem right there. That's why I told you in this, in this building, it's always now about the body of Christ. It's not about church. We're not here trying to build up the church. Because this is what most other churches are doing. They'll tell you if this name is not on the building, it's not the church. Well, that's, that's not who. I, matter of fact, that was a guy. I met a guy. I went and got some gas for my wife's car. You know, I watched my wife's car and I get gas for and all that kind of stuff at the Sam Club. And I was out there Saturday morning before I came here, and I said, let me go out here and get this done before I go and mail a letter. 
And there's an 80-year-old guy right beside me. I said, good morning. I started talking. He said, I'm 80 years old. I said, well, praise God. You don't have too many classmates. And I just, you know, just talked like that. And then he says, uh, oh, yeah, I just left Bible class. And the man said to me, he said, oh, you probably apostolic, ain't you? I'm going like, sir, don't mess with my day today. You know, you, what, do you, what do you tell a guy? He just, you, never, you don't know him. You don't, so I just let him know. I said, no, it's all about the cross, sir. All about the cross. All about the blood of Christ Jesus our Lord. Because, see, I'm getting ready to preach to him now. Uh, but anyway, I, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I'm glad to see him go to Bible class, and I hope he's learning something. But you know what? You don't jump out on people like that. You know, you don't do that. That's the tongue, see? It's unruly evil. That, that, was, that was wrong to do that. I, I may not agree with what you teach, but I don't jump out at you like that. You know what I mean? I mean, if you go on and on and on with something and you think you're right about something, keep on pressing, you know, I have to push back a little bit, but, you know, you got to be nice. Somebody said, be nice. <laughs> All right. Now, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, he said, endeavoring. You got to endeavor. You got to go out your way to do something. Because now he's going to say, you're endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. Now, you remember, this word unity has another word called harmony or one. Because that's what it's about. You've got to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit or the harmony of the spirit. Then he's going to tell you, in the body of Christ, there is one body. So your job is to keep that mentality. Uh, there's one spirit. See, that, that's the mentality you've got to have. One body, one spirit. Even as you are called, and he's going to show you that in a moment, in one hope of your calling. Then he said, look, there's one Lord. See, there's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one. He's naming all these things. One baptism, see? There's one God, one Father of all, in you all, through all. But on every one of us is given grace. Talk about the body of Christ. All of us is given grace. Every part of your body is given grace. According to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he says... See, when he ascended. So I'm going to skip down to verse 11. I'm not going to read that part right into this message. So we go down to verse 11, and he's going to tell you what he gave you. And he gave, see, remember, he gave his past tense. See, this is foundation. If, if you ever read it, it's called what? Foundation. Foundation is what he's already done. We are built up on uh, the prophets, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. See, we already built up on that's foundation. So he gave, that's already, he gave them for foundation. Uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave them for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ. All right? We are built up on Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, uh, in, in the latter part of that chapter 2. We are built up on this foundation, all right? But he said, until we all come to the unity of the faith. So he's talking about there's one faith. Our job is the fellowship so we can come into the unity of the faith. See, that's what fellowship does. Help bring us into the unity of the faith. Number two, help bring us into the knowledge of the Son of God. Help bring us into a perfect man. Bring us into the measure of the stature of the footers of Christ. See, because we are going to be continually growing. You see? That we're henceforth. The whole focus of this is that no man think what he has is his own. See, when you study the Old Testament, that's what they were in the book of Acts. I'm going to go back in just a moment. They came to a place that everything they had, they came to a place that nobody said what they had was their own. See, this is where people are. That's why they don't share. In the body of Christ, you have to do two words, sharing and caring. And that'll never happen until you realize what you have is not your own. Remember, you're in the body of Christ now. You gave up everything so you can have Jesus. That's what you told me. That's what you told the Lord. I just want Jesus. So you gave up your life so you can have Jesus. But still you want everything to be yours. This is why people don't give in the body of Christ today. Because they think that it's theirs. See, then you go back and say, are you the body of Christ? Oh, praise the Lord. Everything God has is mine. Everything God has, he gave you. But everything you have, you still want to keep. That sounds a little selfish to me. Now you got everything God has, and you got everything you got. Pretty good deal, huh? 
No, no, it didn't work that way. You gave up everything in your old life so you can have his new life. Ain't that right? Uh-huh. See, that's what people, see, this is why, and when you start thinking about that, everything I have, you'll hear me say it all the time, everything I have belongs to him. Now, my wife and I, we live that way. My wife would know if we need anything, if the church don't have it, you got, you got my credit card, go get what you got to have. For the church. See, that's what people don't understand. That's how it happened. And then I know some people say, well, how are we going to pay for all this stuff we fellowship with? That's what it's all about. See, you got, you got people this ministry has already said to me, I got that. But see, I don't go around exposing folk. Maybe it should have been you who said I got that. You'll never worry about us having some of this church and have people to come fellowship and then charge. We don't charge you to fellowship. Amen. So you got to understand how it goes in the church. All we want you to do is eat and fellowship. That's how you do when you're at home. You don't have no, you, especially if you're a parent, you eat in fellowship. Now, if you're children, you eat in fellowship. You never ask mama, how are we going to pray for this? I guarantee you never have any children say, mama, how are we going to pray for all this stuff? So that's, that is how you understand the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, the Lord, that's your answer, the Lord. But my God, that's your answer. He takes care of everything in the church. Somebody say amen. All right. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, I, I want to, verse 13, verse 13 is the same thing in verse 3. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of, of Christ, or, or the footage of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, see? Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to the sea. What, by speaking the truth, here you go, speaking the truth in love may grow up. See, he's telling you how you're growing. You're speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things, which is the head, even Christ. From henceforth, or from whom, the head, the whole body fitly joined together. The whole body fitly joined together with the head. And, and is compacted. By that which every joint, somebody say every joint. Now he's not smoking nothing, just every joint. All right. If you notice, every part of your body is joined together. How, how many ever just look at how wonderful you made? It doesn't take, it doesn't, if, you, if you, got, you got a leg, but it's not all on one pole. It's joined together with a knee. Ain't that right? How many know that's a joint? Right. How many know that if you're going to have part in your body that, that don't function properly, it's going to usually be at the joint? If there's going to be any pain or suffering in the body, it's going to usually be, you, you just keep on living, it's going to usually be at a joint. Because why? It's the joints that supplies the rest of the body. You can't get nothing to one part of your leg unless it comes through the knee. You can't get nothing to the one part of your body unless it come through the hip. Why? Because they're joint, just like your shoulder. See, you got to stop one day and say, man, what would I do without these joints? I know what you'd do. You wouldn't be able to raise your hand and praise the Lord without a joint. So God joined all the members of the body together. Give them a great big hand. See, that's why the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 15, 27, that he said, every member in the body as he see fit. You, didn't, you got born, you didn't have to go do nothing to the body. The body was complete. All right. Now, with that in mind, I got to move on because I got some other things I got to get to. Now, let's go to the book of Acts, uh, chapter number two. From the book of Acts, chapter number two. Now, I'm going to show you the early church because I want to get to my purpose. I'm talking about the purpose of fellowship. Or did I give you my subject? Thank you. Thank you very much. From the book of Acts chapter number two. Now this is when the church first started. This was called the church of God. This was the wife that everybody wondering about 
has she left yet? When you realize who you are, you know you're not gone. It was the wife, the church of God, Israel, where you got the first half of your Bible. That's who the Lord came back and got. Okay. You'll get it one day. One day I'll minister in the area, you'll be able to know. Acts chapter 2, we're going to go to the end of that because he's talking to Israel. Now we're going to go look at verse number 41. He's talking to who now? All right, the church of God. The church of God. This is the one that Paul tried to destroy with the church of God. All right, so in Acts chapter number 2 and verse 41. It said, then they that gladly received his word, who word, Peter, were baptized. So you got, that's why you got to understand it's not you. So the people read that and said, see, we're supposed to be baptized. No, these are the people that received Peter's word. You go back and look at the Bible, it was Peter who preached. Matter of fact, I'm going to do that because I don't want you to make, think I said this. Verse 38, because this is what a lot of people take the word of God and they won't, they won't read it like, a, like it in the Bible. They make it their own. It says, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Then Peter said to them, To them who? To the church of God. Let's go look at verse 36. See, if you read the Bible, it'll tell you who he's talking to. We see it was Peter who preached it. Let's go back to verse 36. Who was Peter preaching to? Therefore, let all the house of Israel. So I'm just doing it because you've got to understand, he's not talking to the Gentile. Gentile ministry don't start until the apostle Paul. That's why I'm teaching his ministry. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Then they that gladly received Peter's word were baptized. The same day that was added to them. Added to them. Say it, added to them. Right. They wasn't putting the body of Christ. To you, the body of Christ, if I could ever get you to understand, totally different ministry than Israel. When God raised Israel from the, from the dead, they are still Jews. Because they are still the wife. They are not the body of Christ. See, you got to, you, I'm, I, I want to take it there. It's going to take a little time. All right. Now, in verse number 41. And, and so you go look at, for example, in the book of Acts. All right, from the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 42, and they continue steadfastly. See, you know it's not you if you look at the doctrine. And they continue steadfastly, watch this, in the apostles' doctrine. So automatically you know it's not you, right? Now we are not, I'm teaching you the apostle Paul doctrine, and I'm asking you that you know you are not under the on the apostles' doctrine, because the apostles, with an S, is Peter, James, and John, and the, other, and the other apostles. Now, I've taught this already about the apostles' doctrine. That's why I expect you to know that. All right. In verse number 42, and they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, watch this, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, And in prayers. Let me say it again. And they continue. Thank you very much. I'm quite sure I shouldn't have to say it no more. Somebody have to hear and move. All right. And they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. How many, how many see what they continue in? In the doctrine? Now, we know this is not us. But they continue in the doctrine. They continue in the fellowship. They continue the breaking of bread. So he's telling you what the breaking of bread is. Some of y'all know, but you just, you know, if you say something, you may be wrong, I'm going to say something. Breaking of bread is fellowship. How many, go, how many go out pretty much every Sunday to eat somewhere? I know I got, I got one amen. Thank you very much. Anybody else probably go out to eat sometimes. How many know what that's called? Fellowship. What, what are you doing? You're breaking a bread, right? You go out to dinner. 
Now, they, they, they didn't have anywhere to go out to dinner in the Old Covenant. There was no stores, no restaurants. So you had to break in the bread. But they went from house to house. Say amen. amen. I said they went from house to house. But what were they doing once again? They were fellowshipping. And they called fellowship what? Breaking the bread. Now, if we will keep that in mind, say fellowship is breaking the bread. One more time. Fellowship is breaking the bread. So what did Jesus do the last day in the earth before he was crucified? What did he really do? So if you really see what he did, he fellowship with his disciples before he left. But what we do is we'll take what he did and we made a doctrine out of it. And all he did was fellowship. They sat at the table together and they broke bread and they drank wine. They fellowship before he left. Now, why was all this so important? Because they were told to fellowship. How do these guys know in Acts chapter 2? How do they know? Well, let me read it again. And they continue steadfastly. Now, these people just came to be a part of the church. And verse 41 said, They that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same they were added to them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. How did they know to fellowship, breaking up bread and prayer? How did they know to do that? Because they always did that. That's why I gave you Leviticus chapter 23, 24, and 25 give you the seven feast days or the feast of the Lord. And why did I tell you God gave that to them? So they would fellowship. Listen, they will go, come all of, when Jesus was 12 years old, where, when Jesus came into the coast, uh, when they came into Jerusalem, why did they come to Jerusalem every year? Once a year. Once a year, all the men of Israel had to go to Jerusalem for one purpose. It's not hard. It's your subject. It's not hard. I'm not asking you something off the chart. I gave you the answer. Everything I preach about is about fellowship. It's not hard. So when they kept the Passover, what were they doing? See, it's not hard. It's not hard. The answer's already given you. See, so when they kept seven feast days, the word feast days were called fellowship. Now, let's show you that uh, in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. See, that's why I'm giving you the purpose. When you hear the purpose of something, it, your mind should change. Oh, he's giving me the purpose of it. I didn't say definition. I said purpose. The word purpose is the original intention. Why did God give them the feast day? What was the original intention? Why did God give them seven feast days so they could fellowship? So that, this is what you got to understand. So let me read this out of the NLT, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read out the NLT. And I'm going to start reading out of the... Uh, Verse 6. Now, I'm going to read out the NNT because I'm going to show you in 1 Corinthians 10. Soon we leave here, we go to 1 Corinthians 10. I'm going to make sure I, I, I put that in my note. We go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 as soon as we leave here. And then we'll show you uh, where most of the people uh, get so confused when they read 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, I'm going to be reading... Uh, First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, and I'm going to do, I know I'm going to do verse 16, 17, so uh, I'll start reading verse 14, I think, isn't it, brother? Somewhere in there. All right, now in 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, uh, they, had, they had a man in the church, I want to show you what they had, they had a man in the church who had his father's wife. 
But watch, watch what happened. The, the, the problem was they had an unbeliever in the house. Remember, the way Israel was set up, if one man sinned in the church, the whole church sinned. That's how they, everything in the old, old covenant was based on one man. One man obedience, Christ made all men obedience. One man, Adam, disobedient, made all men disobedient. See, it wasn't based on whatever. If your hand sinned, the whole body sinned. See, if your whole body is sick, if, if, that's what the Bible says. If one part of the body is sick, the whole body is sick. See, you, Israel was looked at as one body, but they were not the body of Christ. So they were a type. So you have to understand, here's one man got in the church, got his father's wife. Uh, now in verse number five, let's back up to verse number five out of NLT. Was I can't do that. Go to verse one. Thank you. Out of NLT. Go to verse one. Now you got to see this because most people don't see it. They think they're supposed to throw people out of the church. No, Jesus taught this same thing. Paul gave you the revelation. Now what? My wife is not in here, but I want somebody else, not my wife, but somebody else to find this verse. Now this verse. It's the same thing that Jesus says. If your right eye offend you, see, some of y'all are going to hear it, then you'll get it. Pluck it out. If your right hand offend you, cut it off. Okay, find me that and find me the verse I need to start. Because this is, see, everything Jesus taught, Paul gave you the revelation of it. And so, so what people do in churches is, they say, okay, then, this, this man uh, had been married before, so he can't be no pastor. Because Jesus said, you can't be a pastor if you divorce. See, you don't have the revelation of what Jesus said. He don't want you to cut your finger off. He don't want you to pluck your eye out. He's talking about the body. If one part of the body offends the whole body, then you got to make a, you gotta do a decision here. Watch this here. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you. Somebody said Christian fellowship. See, that's what he's looking at. You, if, you, if you see the purpose of something, you'll be able to understand. I am, I'm told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. You are so proud of yourself, but you should mourn in sorrow and shame. Why? And you should remove this man from your what? Fellowship. Say it loud. See, you, that's the key right there. And verse number three says, even though I'm not with you in person, I'm with you in the spirit. And though I was, I, I was there, as though I was there, I have already passed judgment on this man in the, same, in the name of the Lord Jesus. You must call a meeting at the, of the church. I will be present with you in the spirit. And so will the power of our Lord Jesus. Then you must throw this man out. And hand him over to Satan so himself will be saved on the day of the Lord. That's why the day of the Lord is not in your future. The day of the Lord is in their future. So, they, so, so he will be. He will be. You already saved. But when did you get saved? You know why I ask this question? Because 90% of the church don't know when they were saved. Most people think it was back there uh, one Thursday, or uh, one Friday, or uh, one Tuesday, or uh, one, no, no, no. You were saved when Christ died, buried, and raised again from the dead. So you should have known that one. All men were saved. Christ died to save the all men. So you got to get that. You can't think you had a separate day. That's why God just died on one day, saved every man on one day. Now, until every man receives what Christ has done, it, make, it won't nothing happen in his life. But as far as God concerned, he's not coming back to die no more. Because when he came and died, he died for all men to be saved. That's 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. I'm putting it for the tape's sake. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, you read the rest of that, you'll realize that he died for all. All right. Now, your job is not to try to get him saved, they got to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what man needs to do. Come to the knowledge of the truth. Oh, he saved me? Yeah. So why don't you receive his spirit now? Why don't you receive forgiveness of sin now? 
Won't you receive the Holy Ghost now? Won't you receive your inheritance? That's the attitude you're supposed to have. Not trying to get a man saved. That's why we keep trying to get him to come to church. He's not coming to church until he become the church. Let me say it again. Once you become the church, you will come to church. Now, you know why a lot of folk don't come to church. All right. Now, Paul says, you must throw this man out. He'll be saved when the Lord returns. You're boasting about this terrible, this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spread through the whole dough of bats, the batch of dough? But get rid of this old yeast. By removing this wicked person from among you, then you will be like a, a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us, so let us celebrate the festival. What's a festival? God gave you one word. Don't go, don't say something else. Come on, what is it? That's a fellowship. A festival is a fellowship. Now, you already know if they're having a festival somewhere, you already know they're fellowshipping. Come on, that word festival means fellowship. They don't want this man in the midst of their fellowship. You got to understand, they are the, 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 the body that represents the body of Christ. All right, so they talk about fellowship. Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. So let us celebrate the festival, watch this, not with the old bread. He can't be in the midst of the fellowship. We're celebrating the Passover. He can't be in the midst of that. This old bread of wickedness and evil, but with the new bread of sincerity and truth. So how many understand what, what he, let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. No need to tell you that. Right now. Let's go. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So that's why I need to talk on this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. See, everything has to happen with unity. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Did I give you a verse already? Brother Lewis was with me this morning. I thought he was going to jump out and tell me the verse. Verse 16 through 23. You got to your notes, brother. Verse number 16. Let's start verse 14. Back up. Let's do verse 14. Now, did everybody understand what we're about now? What word? It's one word. So all this stuff Paul is talking to them is only about one word, fellowship. And people think we're talking about we need to be taking some bread off the table. He's not talking about that. You go back to Jesus' ministry, he fed them from bread from heaven. He, he fed them bread from heaven. What did he do it for? Fellowship. He made the men do what? Everybody do what? Sit down. Sit down. Why would they have to all sit down? See, if you'll see, you, I'm giving you the purpose. Make all the men sit down and he gave everybody food. What was it to do? Fellowship. That was a type of the Passover. That's all he was doing. It was a festival. You go back and look at the teaching, always when there's a festival, there's fellowship. If we will get this in our mind, three things we got to be conscious of, and that's relationship, fellowship, and prayer. Say it with me. Relationship, fellowship, and prayer. That's what the church is about. All right. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14 now. NLT. It says, so my dear, my dear friends, free from the worship of idols. Now, why is he saying that? You are reasonable people. Decide for yourself if what I'm saying is true. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table. Now, he's not talking about us. This Bible, Corinthians, is written to the Jews. They won't start talking about the body of Christ until you get to chapter 12. From 1 to 11, it's talking about the church of God. Read it for yourself. So Paul is, the, Paul is talking to the, to the Hebrews. He says, when we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing 
in the blood of Christ. See, he's trying to get them to see. And, and what, what happened to us, we think it's, it's us and we think that's the blood for us. The blood's been shed 2,000 years ago. I said the blood of Christ been shed 2,000 years ago. So how can we still be drinking it today? You got to understand Jesus' ministry finished 2,000 years ago. You're in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's revealing to you what Jesus did, what Jesus said. That's why I'm going to show you when your eye offends you, pluck it out. He don't want you to pluck your eye out. He's talking about it shouldn't be in the body because you're in fellowship. Same way with the bread on the table. But what we do, we'll make a doctrine out of it. See, a man ain't eating the bread off the table, they, they ain't no real church. God didn't make you a real church because you, you eat bread on Sunday. When we, bless, when we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? They was asking the question. You are actually the body of Christ. You're not sharing. So what they was doing was a type of sharing the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. You are actually the only body of Christ. You're members of the body of Christ. And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the, in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread. You are the loaf of bread. See, everything they was doing was a type of the shatter. So when they ate that bread off the table, they said, we are eating of the loaf of bread. See, watch what they're going to say. Showing that we are one body. See, everything they were doing was typing and shatter. Think about the people of Israel. They united by eating the sacrifice at the altar. See, that's what united them was the fellowship. So that's why I'm telling you, when we fellowship, it is to bring unity in the church. Somebody get a lot of big hand. That's what happened. That's how the body comes together. Let me say it again. Fellowship is how the body come together. Right. See, the body comes together by fellowship. When you don't fellowship, the body can't come together. All right. Now, anything I got out there for, I need to go. Over here, somebody had a scripture. Matthew 18 something. I need eight, Matthew 18 and what? Matthew chapter 5, verse 29. All right. Matthew chapter 5. Thank you for proving that for me. Matthew chapter 5, verse 29. I want to start reach it, reading in verse 27. Thank you. I'm going to read that the NLT while I'm there. Watch this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 out of the NLT. You have heard the commandment that says. Now remember, he's talking to Israel because you don't give you no commandment, right? This is Jesus' ministry. You must not commit adultery. But I say among who even look at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now Jesus is getting rid of all the religious folk. Because the way they're looking at that woman is the same way they went with her in their heart. All right? So you can't blame anybody else, what he's telling you. So, Sandra Crump, so if your eye, even your good eye, cause you to lust, gouge it out, throw it away. Now, wait a minute. Tell somebody, don't bother your eye. Because he's talking, what he's giving you, Paul gave you the revelation of, right? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He gave you all the members of the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he shows you what to do with one member that's not right. Put it out of the church, right? He's not talking about gouge it out. All right? So if your eye, even your good eye, cause you to lust, Gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown to hell. Can't you see what he's saying? Don't let one part of your body cause you be, to go to hell, right? That's all he's telling you. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, cause you to sin, cut it off. Throw it away. 
It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown in hell. Now, how many can see that? He's talking about Israel. There was one person in the church that did wrong. Put him out so the whole church can be a new lump. You remember I just read that in 1 Corinthians 15? Lord Jesus, let me ask you a question again. Do you remember that I just read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 5? That's all I'm asking that you remember. So you don't sit on you saying, I don't remember that. I didn't ask you, do you understand that? Do you remember I just read it? All right. Now, that's what, that, that's, what that's all about. All right. Now, uh, let's go to something else right now because I got I to get somewhere here. Uh, let's go to Rome. I got anything else? My time already gone? Good God Almighty. We're going to do one. Romans 12, 9 and 10. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. And I got to be brief because we got a fellowship. Romans chapter 12 and verse 9 and 10. We'll pick it up here the next time. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. Let love... Oh, you, uh, stay there. Stay there. I come there. N-E-L-T. That's okay. Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. Don't take me long to get nowhere. Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. That's where we're headed. How many know what kind of love that is? What do we call it when we was in the world? Puppet love, right? Puppet love is worse than that, ain't it? False pretense. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what's good. Love each other with genuine affection. Well, you got to have the Holy Spirit to do that. Take the light in honoring each other. Take the light in honoring each other. See, that's, that's what we got to start doing. We got to start doing honoring each other. That's why every, every service we have, anybody have birthdays. Why do we think we do that? Anybody have anniversary? Why do we, why do, we do that? I just told you, honoring one another. You, you're honoring folk. It's okay to honor somebody. All right? What verse am I at? 12.10? Okay, I didn't mark this Bible, so I got to make sure. Uh, 12 and verse... Nine, 9 says, hold tightly to what's good. Love each other with general, general, uh, genuine affection. Take delight in honoring others. Verse 11, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Wait a minute. I got the, when I'm serving you, I'm serving the Lord. So that's the problem. So if I'm not loving you, guess what? You're not loving the Lord. See, people say, oh, I love the Lord. I'm going to get to that in 1 John. The 1 John said it this way. If you say you love God and do not love your brother and sister who you see every day, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. That, my time is up. See, that's 1 John. We'll go to that little later on. 1 John says, he that loveth God must also love his brother. So you can't, you can't, you can't say you're the body of Christ and don't love the body. No man yet ever hated his own body. You can't say you love God and don't love the body. God is the head. You can't say you love the head and don't love the hands. Stand up on your feet. Now get the Lord a great big hand, please. Now I know that's not what you want to hear the first thing on, in the morning, but get the Lord a great big hand. We're going to learn about fellowship. We're not going to just fellowship. We're going to learn it and we're going to do it. Somebody say amen. All right, now 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible told us plainly how to be saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 told us that in verse number one, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel 
which I preach to you, which also you have received in where you stand, by which also you are saved. Not going to be saved if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Three things that Jesus did why we are walking in the love of God and why we must do what we are planning on, and that is raise the roof in this place about fellowship. That is our intent. Build up the body of Christ. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it by fellowship. We're going to love one another because we are part of the same body. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, my friend, you are not a part of the body. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 and 10 told you you got to have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you're none of His. But you can get that fixed this morning by number one, believing Christ died for your sins. Believe God, buried Him in your own grave. There's no death for you. And then God raised Jesus from the dead. You are now the body of Christ, risen with Christ, seat on the right hand of the Father in heaven. Hey, my time is already up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.